0: Hello everyone, I'm your host Vishnu and you are listening to this amazing podcast, Vishnu Vishnu podcast. Here I interview author and the personality who are doing incredible work in their life and also from impacting other people's life. So in this episode, I think it's really gonna so amazing because in this episode we talk about success, education, talent and many other things that will be really impacting your life because the personality is also really incredible. Our guest, Dr. K.R. Ertmeyer. He is a behavior scientist with over 25 years of experience as a corporate trainer. He has had outstanding academic achievement in diverse fields like banking and commerce, business administration, training and development, animal husbandry, etc. and also awarded from the Indian Society for Training and Development and the Indian Counseling of Agriculture Research and 5 awards from SBI including the Bank Best Trainer Award He also wrote more than 10 books and now he comes with us a really amazing book recently published Incredible World Power So this episode is must listen for you and also your loved one to know about success, talent and many other things So help me and welcome Mr. Dr. R S Neil, thank you so much for having on our show
1: thank you thank you very much Vishnu i'm extremely happy and honored uh, by your invitation to be uh, a part of this uh, podcast thank you Uh, uh,
0: i i really i really feel that kind of you know like proud that when this kind of like personality will be having on your so that's so much responsibility you have now be like, like, there is no yeah chance to be a mistake and like man I am so nervous so but yeah but I think but I think you are, like you are really so cool the way of you speak and it's really I don't know what the reason but when I started yeah when I started I think like,
1: I think I think the major reason is our age difference I think
0: oh so you are yeah.
1: quite young I am I am a senior citizen so <laughs> that's the reason <laughs> yeah
0: but are you really I, I will want to tell you that there is so such a people in our life when we make that kind of bond with them, and to like in your in the first book, Boundless Power of Mindful Living, you talk about a lot. And then I start reading your first book, Incredible World Power, and I say, this book really must read all the people. Like just tell our audience, like not from book perspective, what kind of person you are, what like your background, what kind of person you are in your childhood. Are you the genius uh, like kind of person like you are now?
1: Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you uh, <laughs> for uh, asking me to introduce myself.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, in fact, uh, I am from Kerala. I am domiciled right now in uh, Tiruvannitaviram, the capital city of Kerala state. Mm. Mm. Um, although I was born in another district called uh, Alappuzha district in Kerala. That is where mm. the backwater is. My childhood was there only. I completed my education actually. Uh, I uh, took my post, this thing, professional qualification, veterinary science. That way I started my career as a veterinary surgeon. Then I was poultry officer for some time in the Kerala State Animal Husbandry Department. After that, because of my outstanding academic achievements, I was directly posted to the position of assistant professor in Kerala Mm -hmm. Agricultural University. Mm. but soon after that i got appointment in state bank of india sba and i joined the bank as rural development officer mm. after serving in the bank for about 33 years i retired in the from the senior management grade position that's about uh, my uh, academic background then as you rightly said i got awards from uh, uh, various uh, uh, sources like commonwealth bureau of animal health health Prize from england for uh, outstanding academic achievements so of 4 out of 4 OGPA 4 out of 4 Nobody can break that record Somebody okay. can match with that record only okay. So because of that reason only I got appointed directly as assistant professor Instead of uh, usual posting as a lecturer and all I got directly as assistant professor In 3 di- discipline, 3 departments I was posted mm-hmm. I chose one but then I quit that job And I joined the bank So that's about my academic background Then uh, further to Add to my uh, personality, I would say that uh, writing, of course, is my passion. I published uh, 10 books uh, earlier uh, while I was in SBA, for the SBA training system, 10 books on different topics like, uh, of course, personality development, banking aspects, animal husbandry, all these things. I uh, wrote about 10 books uh, while in SBA. Then after this recent development is uh, uh, my coming to the Amazon platform. I published two books, uh, the names of which you gave and this became a best list. That is about my writing. When I am not writing, of course I am training, because continuously I am having training programs, and I do public speaking, and nowadays on spirituality also, because I am associated closely. That is another important uh, thing about me, which I want to tell. Mm-hmm. I am a disciple of a great spiritual master, uh, Sri Karnanakara Guru. He is the founder of Chantigiri Ashram in Kerala, which is an internationally famous a spiritual organization based in uh, Trivandrum mm. and he is the founder of that organization. I am an ardent disciple of uh, my Guru uh, so that way I also speak on uh, spirituality I give uh, talks in all radio uh, these are the things which I do when I am not writing so that is about briefly about me uh, my background mm. I
0: think of I, course, I was all
1: through that. I was all through uh, brilliant in my studies I was uh, continuing I completed my education right from beginning with a merit scholarship from the government, the ICA, etc. So, that way I was actually a studious
0: boy, <laughs> that way. Mm. I think I asked you the wrong question. I should have to be asking you the, what's the thing you can't like, can't do. So, <laughs> I think that would be <laughs> so valuable. Yeah, like, I think a person who is doing a lot of things, so I think it's like a genius person I can do that. So the first, <laughs> yeah, really, the first question I just want to be ask you, like in yeah, reading your book, do you really think, like for, for my audience perspective, yeah, so world create our uh, like words uh, the way we speak that create our whole life?
1: Yeah, that is absolutely correct, and I really uh, firmly believe that because, in fact, I uh, say uh, although you did not ask specifically what I want, what is that? The USP, unique selling proposition of uh, my books these two books uh mm. is the a pattern in which it is formatted that is it is, it is in the first form of a uh, classroom discussion a trainer and his trainees they are mm. discussing uh, different aspects of personal development in the classroom so the trainer is uh, discussing various topics and uh, the trainees are asking questions uh, about different dimensions of the personality that way the reader will find it eminently readable and understandable any possible doubt that may be there while reading in the minds of the reader will be answered because that, that will be a question there will be a question by one of the trainees about this particular doubt which is having with the reader is having in the mind any question will be definitely asked that is the reason why many readers have uh, responded to me after uh, reading my book through whatsapp as well as email messages saying that the pattern of teacher-taught uh, um, discussion in the classroom setting is uh, excellent because uh, things are very, very clear now. Instead of uh, uh, something like essay paragraphs, uh, then chapters uh, going like that and all, this is eminently readable. So uh, what I want to say, to answer to the specific question you asked, yes, words really are capable of uh, forming our lives. Because as they say, the old adage says that you sow a you sow a thought, reap a word; sow a weight, reap an action; sow an action, reap a habit; sow a habit, reap a character; sow a character, reap a destiny. So that means that your destiny is basically starting from your thought, and thoughts generate words. and these words that you utter. Can transform your own biology as well as the biology of other people. In the class, in the particular book, I am demonstrating in the classroom as to how it can impact, how the words can impact your biology. I am giving the example of a small lemon. I asked the uh, the, the trainer asked the trainees in the uh, book. The trainer asked the trainees to close their eyes and imagine that they are in the house in their own house. I'm going to the kitchen, taking a lemon from the refrigerator, cutting it into two pieces, and then taking one piece, uh, seeing the beauty of the uh, lemon uh, cross-section, and then uh, after enjoying the beauty of that, taking it to the mouth and biting, biting, and biting. Now, I was asking them to chew it, and then let the uh, lemon juice fill your mouth. And after some time, when the experiment was over, I asked them, there were the trainer asked them, I'm saying I. The trainer in the book asked them, uh, How many of you had water in your mouth? So there were 30 trainees in the classroom, so all the trainees um, raised their hand. This is my personal experience. Outside the book, this is my personal experience as a trainer. In my classrooms, I have several times uh, uh, done this experiment. And invariably in all cases, all the uh, trainees attending my class for this experiment, they all responded saying that they had watered mouth after the experiment. Which means what? They did not uh, take a lemon, they did not chew a lemon. Mere words uh, given by somebody that you are chewing a lemon. You are biting a lemon, you are chewing a lemon. Now the lemon juice is in your mouth. That altered their biology. And that is the reason why this um, mouth became watery. And that way I'm giving a number of examples like that to prove that yes, words can create your biology, words can transform your biology. Mm. A a, a, a lover, a lover um, getting uh, from his girl from the word, I love you. The mere word, I love you, alters his biology, instantly transforms his biology. Instead of that word love, suppose you remove the, uh, you add one more letter to that love and make it glove. Or add two letters uh, to that, uh, this thing and uh, remove first letter L. Then Mm. add two letters Mm. AB, above above, below, something Mm. rhyming with love, nothing will happen, but the word love creates such an impact that the biology is altered. Mm. So that way I can uh, spend uh, um, uh, more than one hour now to tell that really, indeed, I believe that uh, the words can alter your biology, words can transform Mm. your biology, and when that happens, yes, it will impact your life, it is really impacting your
0: life. Mm. And like many people don't understand, I think, me, myself also don't understand for a long time when one is start reading your books and really from this kind of experiment you will give on that your book. So like like if a person is not able to control their words, many people have to be like that way, they are not have to control their mind, their like words. Is that any like things they should have to be applied in their life to be understand, to be like control their words, control their life and control their whole world?
1: I'm happy that you asked this question because it's very, very important to understand that your words matter. Your words matter very much because there is a saying in Sanskrit that uh, acharam param brahma. Acharam Paramah Brahma. That is the ultimate Brahma Brahma the Almighty is residing, is indwelling in the world in the sanctum, sanctorum of the world the Almighty is residing that means every word that is coming to you this will have to be venerated it has to be respected otherwise because if you are not respecting your word if you are not keeping your word, you give some word of promise to somebody, if you are not keeping that, mm-hmm. one thing. The other thing, if you are not leaving, uh, uh, if you are not walking your talk, walking your talk, you know the phrase, walking the talk. So if you are, if you are not uh, walking my talk, all these things will have adverse impacts in my life. There's no doubt about that. And our epics also say that, that's why I given so many stories in the, uh, from the epics also, where the words were venerated like anything. Our Ashabhara, the, the sages of uh, ancient India, gave a clarion uh, call to the whole world that the world has to be always respected. I will say that. I will say that the one of the major reasons for the cultural decadence of modern India is the reason that we don't respect our world. We don't honor our weight. We don't venerate our weight. So that is why I have given the title "Incredible Bird Power" because it is a unique human as a, um, endowment. Other living beings like birds or animals or other living things are not having this ability to speak. Are the dimensions of uh, usage of birds. only human beings are having? That is why.
0: Mm. Like you say, that yeah, is that any yeah, like a story on our Indian epic, like.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. There are a couple of stories which I have uh, narrated in my book. One example is this: uh, the, the you might have heard about the Onam festival in Kerala. Onam is very famous yeah. festival of Kerala. There was an Asura king called Mahabali who ruled um, uh, Kerala once upon a time, and it is said that Vishnu, Lord Vishnu, your name, <laughs> Vishnu, Lord, Lord Vishnu, assumed in the form of Vamana. Uh, As per the uh, request of uh, Indra, who was about to be replaced, because the position of Devendra, the the, the numero uno, number one of the uh, the, um, Devas, that is Indra. Indra is just like President of India, it is a position, it is not a a particular individual, it is a position. Uh, Like President of India, uh, Prime Minister of India, Devendra is a position actually. So when Mahabali was such a ruler, such a what do you call ideal ruler, and he was invading other um, uh, planes like uh, Surguloga, that is heavens and all. and uh, Indra was afraid of losing his position. He uh, requested Vishnu to uh, do something, and Vishnu uh, actually incarnated as a Vamana, uh, a, a three foot uh, or so uh, height boy, and requested for three bones. Just three feet of land I want, that is all uh, he uh, went to Mahabali and requested. And Mahabali considered uh, that uh, you can have, you can have more than that. He said, no, 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 I just want three feet of land only. Now what happened was that when this was um, granted by Mahabali, actually idea uh, his own spiritual master knew that this is going to be a problem because in case Mahabali grants this wound, uh, he will have to lose everything because this is none other than Lord uh, Vishnu who was incarnated as Swamina. So he will lose everything. He may even lose his life. Uh, his um, spiritual master, Sukhraj's knew that and he uh, asked Mahabali, no, don't do that. But Mahabali, having given a weight he wanted to keep that weight so What happened? Ultimately, with the third step, the entire um, uh, kingdom was uh, taken by uh, vamana because he grew gigantically and that last step was uh, there was no place to put that last step uh, finally mahabali bowed his head and said that you put it on my head and that way mahabali was sent to the nether world uh, from this world so just to keep the world he lost his life he lost everything he lost his kingdom and everything was lost that is one example the second example is from our uh, epic ramayan Just think about Ramayana, how uh, King Deseret lost his life. Because just to keep the will to one of his wives Kaikeyi, who wanted her son Barada to be the... um, to be incarnated as the uh, young king of the uh, the influx uh, of Rama. Then uh, she remembered long time back um, the Sarada had given her uh, two boon. Out of that, um, he, she demanded that unjustifiably, she demanded that Rama should be banished to the forest and Barada should be given the kingdom. And what happened? The Sarada could not say no because he wanted to keep his word. And finally, he died. He died thinking about Rama who uh, went to the forest uh, from the palace. So that way, that is the story of King Desarada, who just to keep his way, lost his life also. Then come to our Mahabharata, you think about Kunti. Kunti, it so happened that when they were spending years, banished to the forest, and they were spending years, and these Pandavas, the five sons, were going to collect arms. Uh, in the morning, and they will come in the evening. One day, it so happened that they were late to return, and kundi the mother, was worried as to what happened because it is already dusk, dusk, and uh, uh, the dark fall has come. Where, where are my boys? Then she was worried about it. Suddenly, uh, she heard outside uh, in the makeshift hut where they were staying in the forest. From um, the outside, from the darkness, um, they hailed. Father hail hailed. Mommy, mother, we are come. We are come. See what uh, arms we have got. What is the picture that we have got for the day? Then, while coming out, without seeing what is there outside, uh, Kundi said that whatever it be, you uh, share it with amongst you. Whatever the picture you got today, you share amongst you. Inadvertently, Mother told a and that the picture of the day can be shared by the Son. Now, what was the picture? When she came out, she found a very beautiful, just like sun rising, just like the full moon um, shining. There was a young girl standing there amidst these suns and that was none other than Draupadi, the wife of uh, uh, Arjun who um, who got her in this marriage. But then she was uh, uh, totally taken aback seeing this. This is the position. And finally, what happened? Arjuna refused to take uh, Draupadi's hand alone. She said that mother's cannot be violated. Mother, whether knowingly or unknowingly, she attended that you share the bhikshah, so we have to have uh, all of us uh, together will marry Draupadi. That way they married uh, because of... Um, polygamy actually was poly or polygamy, whatever you say. That was actually not the custom of that day or this day. But still, just to keep the word of Mother Kundi, all the five the Pandavas married Draupadi. Then mm-hmm. take the case of Dharmaputra. Dharmaputra just to satisfy an undeserving and uh, sorry, un, uh, Duryodhana. Uh, scheming Duryodhan. He, he gave up uh, his kingdom everything and finally surrendered one after another all the other uh, brothers uh, in blood uh, to the um, uh, uh, scheming Duryodhan, And then also Draupadi, even Draupadi. Wife also was uh, uh, brought to the uh, uh, this thing, and uh, she was also disrobed by Dushasan, disrobed, and finally they were banished to the forest just yes, to keep the word to Duryodhana. He, uh, uh, Dharma said that. So, uh, any example, the, like that, uh, very many examples. And finally, one more thing I may add uh, coming to my mind immediately is the story of Karna. Karna, when he knew that he is the first son of Kundi, first son of Kundi. And Kundi, uh, when him went to him because uh, knowing that uh, they are going to have a fight, Pandavas and Kauravas, Kavra- uh, Kundi uh, pleaded at, like anything to um, um, Karna that he should come to the Pandava side because he is the eldest among the Pandavas uh, actually, so he should not fight against Pandavas. Karna said nothing doing because I am uh, indebted to Duryodhan, so mm-hmm. um, I cannot. Uh, um, uh, uh, do against uh, I cannot go against him, so I have to be with him only. So he gave one promise that I will not kill anybody other than Arjuna. I will not kill anybody other than the Pandava brothers. I will only, I want only Arjuna. I don't want to kill anybody else. You know how what happened? In the kurukshetra war, there were number of opportunities where Dharmagutra, Dhima, Nagura and Sakadeva could be done away with, could be killed. And they were attacking uh, Karna like anything. But despite all that, despite all these attacks and bruises and injuries sustained at the hands of these four, four Pandavas, Karna never killed them because he wanted to keep the word given to mother. That is the way in which the word was venerated uh, in ancient India. And from that, just imagine what is the position today. Does anybody uh, give respect to one's own weight? Do we, what is the easiest thing that we do? We just violate our word. We just uh, uh, break our promises. That is what we are doing. Mm, so that but, is the reason I was saying that it is a reason, one of the major reasons for the cultural decadence of India. That is not honoring the way. Uh,
0: but yeah, that's the way, but why don't you think so? Like in this period of time, people don't have time. Like they will be giving a word like, I just have to that, that period of time appointment and something come out in their way. So they are not able to do that.
1: No, no, That is a different thing, see, because for genuine reasons, if you are not able to give, uh, keep away, uh, you have got proper explanation to give, you can um, convincingly tell that because of such, as such reasons, as you said, uh, positive of time, or whatever it be. So, okay. giving genuine reasons, one can, uh, of course, uh, uh, not, do, not adhere to weight, that's a different thing. But okay. knowingly and deliberately and for selfish interest. When you are violating your word, when you are not honoring your word, when you are uttering a lie, that is a totally different thing. and That is where we like to um, uh, pay for our misdeeds. For every action, there is a different opposite reaction we know. So, Mm -hmm. law of cause and effect says that whatever you say, whatever you think, whatever you say, whatever you do, Definitely the nature is taking photography of all your thoughts, words, and deeds, then and there. Just like a stereoscopy. It is preserved by nature. We may forget, but nature will never forget. And all these things we'll have to uh, pay back. We'll have to um, uh, have the uh, impact of that in our life. If not this life, in, in, if you believe in reincarnation, you know, future lives will be uh, paying for that. That's mm-hmm. it.
0: Like what, what do you think? Like, what's the reason behind like in the today generation people are not care about words, whatever they say to anybody, like any promise or any words, they don't care. What's the reason? And what should have to example, do? Simple,
1: to, simple, they without much thinking. I can easily say that the loss of value system.
0: We Lotto? don't.
1: In fact, our education system itself is such that we, we never. We what? Are, what is our education? <laughs> so, our we never um, think about the character building in education. We don't attach importance to values. We never talk about values. Our education system never talks about values to the student, to the right from very young age. That has to be done. Perhaps exceptions are there. Some um, organizations like India and all may be doing. But uh, generally speaking, by and large, the education system is such that no importance is attached to values. The society is becoming a valueless society. So they don't attach importance to it. That is the primary reason I feel. That is a major reason.
0: Oh, that that's the whole game and we should have to be like understand that so, like tell our audience, like you also wrote in your book, like education skills natural intelligence. Yeah. Do you really yeah <laughs> really, really yeah, like how is that like possible and what is the way that we can also yeah, implement this?
1: Yeah, in fact, uh, that is like they say, uh, in fact, uh, a discussion in the classroom uh, where this particular aspect, natural intelligence, uh, uh, formal education, kills natural intelligence. There the trainer is telling, just imagine how the birds are building their nests. how beautifully the nest, uh, uh, nest are prepared by the birds. And then think about how the geese, you have seen geese flying in the sky. Geese always fly in the form of an inverted V. Inverted V. One bird uh, goose will be in the front, and uh, two rows like uh, the legs of a V. The two rows of geese will be there uh, following the rain and they will always fly like that only. Uh, mm. uh, have you ever thought given a thought as to why they are flying always in the inverted V shape in the sky? this geese, best geese. The reason is that by um, taking that shape for flying the inverter v shape. it so happens that the birds following the, uh, the birds are flying in front the uh, the birds behind them they get lots of advantage they, they they have to spend less energy to fly because the flapping of wings by the birds in the front enable the following birds, enable enable the birds following them uh, to uh, spend less energy so that they can fly easily and reach their destination. They always fly like that. And when the bird which is in the um, uh, forefront, which is the first bird in the v shape, when that gets exhausted, when that gets tired, you know what happens? That bird will come back, it will come back and another bird will take uh, its position. So this is this is the best example which I used to tell in my leadership classes where the leadership has to be changed. Always one person should not be the leader. Everybody has got leadership qualities. So that leadership qualities of different persons with different idiosyncrasies, with different uh, capabilities and uh, intelligences, creativity, etc., should uh, be allowed to be played. So that so that uh, this is an example where the bear. Uh, which is in the front of the row is coming back another bird taking its proportion like that and all now uh, answering your question this is where from these birds understand that the, if they are flying in this way they will be able to save a lot of energy they will have to spend less energy only to reach the destination and all and when, when something happened to one of the birds when some uh, one bird if it is the falling sick all the other birds will go and uh, nurse them, nurse that particular sick bed and when that sick bed is okay, then only they will resume their journey. We have we human beings actually will have like to learn a lot of things from them. And then mm. I have shown the examples of squirrels, beavers, etc. How they are working to uh, live and all. So this is, this is the play of natural intelligence of birds, animals, etc. Okay. Then I am comparing with human beings. What is, what is happening to the human being? Why it is said that a formal education kills natural Indian? The reason is that a child entering into kindergarten and spending about 20 years of uh, academic career uh, schooling, after that going to the college, graduating, post-graduation and then the, you say that uh, he or she is uh, taking a PhD by hmm. the time about 20 years of academic career is over Experiments, scientific experiments have proved that 70% of the natural intelligence of the person will be destroyed irretrievably. It will be lost forever. And 70% of the natural intelligence of a person by the time he uh, completes about 20 years of academic uh, career will be lost forever. And the answer, why? The answer is that because of pure conditioning. Pure conditioning by the academic system, education system conditioning by parents conditioning by teachers you know up to the age of 15 after the age of 15 a boy or girl will get 148000 words forbidding for starting the most of the boy don't do that don't take that don't play with your life Why you are um, doing like this? Is there anybody else um, who is doing like this? Always this sort of negative comments, negative words, negative statements, etc. 1,48,000 words uh, uh, giving such negative uh, commands and negative statements to the children are given by teachers and parents up to the age of 50. And that way, the pure conditioning by the academic system results in such a way that the natural creativity, natural intelligence of human being will be destroyed. About seventy percent. This is a, um, this is a published scientific report. So that is the reason why I said that formal education kills natural intelligence.
0: So that's how can we have to be like improve that? Like, is there any process that will be like say to the people because it's I think, like- I
1: think. I think. I. I think that the academic system has to be revamped. Academic system has to be revamped right from the beginning, right from the primary school stages. The the, the natural creativity, talents and abilities and aptitudes, of the children should be brought out. Avenue should be created. Avenue should be created for bringing out the natural talents and capabilities of the children. If that is starting from the primary school onward, then naturally this preservation of the natural intelligence, which the creator has given to you and me. Of the human being that can be preserved and that can be nurtured. Instead of that, this is pure conditioning. Pure conditioning. No, no, nothing is, uh, your right brain is not required. The right brain, which is the seat of all your creativity, all your um, imagination, etc., which is uh, uh, supposed to be in the right hemisphere of your brain, that is not required. It's only left brain, logical, analytical, and uh, mugging up. All these things are being done and conditioned in such a way that. Unfortunately we lost our substantial part of uh, natural intelligence because of that.
0: Mm, that's the whole reason but I just yeah, like how can like a child be like identify that talent because you talk a lot in your book. yeah
1: yeah yeah good I, good good happy I'm happy that you asked this question because see one thing uh, a common misunderstanding is that we can create talent. I'm busting that myth because uh, I'm giving scientific proof to say that talents of human beings are uh, created right from the time when a fetus is within the womb of the mother. Within the uterus of the mother, in the age of, in the seventh month of pregnancy, seventh month of pregnancy, uh, something happens in the brain of the fetus that the nerve cells, which are called the neurons, the neurons uh, will be uh, connected one another with a, a sort of uh, uh, the, uh, the scientific name is axon. Uh, that is, uh, using axon, they will form a synapse. That is, uh, there are 100 billion neurons, by the way. 100 billion, 100 billion neurons are there in the brain of human beings. So, in the, in, the, in the fetal stage, also, this uh, from starting from the 42nd day, 42nd day of conception. In the pregnancy period, so for 42nd day on, will nerve cells start developing. And in the seventh month, these 100 billion nerve cells, each of the 100 billion nerve cells will form 15,000 connections with other brain cells. 15,000 connections will be formed. And these connections are responsible for uh, the talents of the individual. Because these synaptic connections between the, amongst the, the neurons are responsible for the recurring patterns, I'm giving the definition of talent. The definition of talent is that, talent is the recurring patterns of thought, behaviors, or uh, feelings, which can be gainfully used by the person. Recurring, naturally recurring patterns, Naturally recurring patterns of thought feelings or behavior that can be productively gainfully utilized by the individual That is the meaning of talent. This is forming from seventh to month of pregnancy and will be continued up to third year Third year after birth that is once you complete the third year No more new talent will be there in the person the existing talent can be nurtured developed etc there is no possibility of creating an altogether new talent after third year of age one thing and your question was how to identify the talent identifying the talents there are various methods for example we know a young girl a young, young girl or boy having the ability to sing beautifully or ability to dance, ability to perform other say for uh, painting painting, um, the dancing, singing. Likewise, there are various uh, the common, uh, everyday experience. That parents are having that their children, will, uh, their, their children here and there are showing the ability to sing, dance, paint, etc., and perform various artistic uh, skills. So that is one way. So that is the uh, definite indication that this boy or this girl is having the uh, talent for singing, talent for painting, talent for uh, dancing, etc. One thing. Second thing is. uh, Once you grow up, once you grow up, uh, once you do certain things, even as a child, even as a boy or girl also, your uh, attraction to certain tasks. I give an example where the uh, elder brothers of the house with their friends are playing out uh, in the ground. Uh, The young uh, boy, uh, the the younger sibling is uh, sitting in the corner of the house and dismantling the toy car and studying the different parts. Displaying the toy car or the uh, water pump and uh, then studying the different parts of it, showing that that's an aptitude for engineering, aptitude for uh, analytical work, engineering work, etc. So, that is uh, by close observation of the uh, um, students, that is um, uh, children, we can spot the budding talent in them and that can be nurtured. That can be encouraged. And that is one thing. Then, at a particular stage, suppose you are an employee of an organization, you will suddenly get transferred uh, to a different um, uh, office with a different, altogether different assignment which you have never done in the past. You are afraid. You are uh, having a lot of apprehension whether I will be able to do this job. Now, it may so happen that once you assume that responsibility uh, because there is no other goal, you have to take up that job. And once you assume that job, once you start doing it it may so happen that you are able to pick up uh, the various uh, skills of doing it very fast so rapid learning i use the term rapid learning so at any stage of life there are cases where rapid learning is exhibited by people so that again shows the talent and then another example which I have given in the book is that uh, one day the manager of uh, the office is getting a call from his subordinate Sir, my child is sick. Uh, I had to um, I take leave today. Then uh, what is the instant reaction of the supervisor, the manager about the child? Was he taken to the hospital? What sort of treatment was given? Who is uh, attending to that uh, child? Or, instead of that, is he thinking who will replace this man? who will do his job today in the way? If he is empathizing with the father of the child, then that means empathy is a talent in him. On the other hand, if he is only thinking about his office and the work to be assigned to somebody else instead of this person, then he is a supervisor only, he is an organizer only, he is an arranger only. So like that, uh, there are various uh, techniques by which talent can be identified and then nurtured. Although it cannot be created altogether new. This uh, in detail I am giving in the book. Different methods of identification of talent. And anything that you are doing, and you are forgetting the time. You are forgetting the time. You may be spending hours together doing a particular job, but not aware of the time passing. Because you are so immersed, so much immersed in the task that you forget the time. That means you are uh, employing your talent. That is the reason why you are forgetting. That is why Confucius, long back, uh, hey Confucius said um, that if you are able to find a job that you love, you need not work even for a day. Mm. If you are able to find a work that you love, you need not work even for a day. Which means, if you are able to find a work that you are very much uh, loving, where you can forget yourself by doing that work, you don't feel that you are working. That is the reason why that he said that you need not work even for a day. Because you are not working. You are totally happy every day. I am happy to go back to my office and uh, do today's work because I am t- passionate about my working. Hmm.
0: And I think you also. That is why
1: Kanil Debran, uh, said that when, uh, when you do with uh, love, you bind yourself to yourself and to others and to God. When hmm. you are doing something, when you are doing something with love, you bind yourself to yourself and to others and to God. The one word for that is passion. Where passion is there, their talent is there. Talent is hmm. in display.
0: Hmm. And you should have to find your own talent. And after I think every parent who just want to be know that how can they will be identify their child the talent and all the things. Also their own. Yeah. So I think from the in this book you will be yeah, give each and each step that they should have to be follow. And I think you talk, data yeah, data. and I think the part I love most and so fascinating about in your book the two part is that I just want to be talk to them. But the point is that criminals are created, not born. <laughs> I say what is this really?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it is if there are criminals in the society, the society is responsible for creating the criminal. That's how what I'm like, saying.
0: Because good. I, I yeah. Please.
1: Because, uh, see the best best or worst example in the human history is Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler, had he got a very happy childhood mm. and adolescent stage, if he had a good, um, uh, happy childhood and adolescent stage, the history would have been different. Adolf Hitler would have been a totally different person. But uh, the, the, the lack of stroking, positive stroke, because everybody wants positive stroke. As a child, as a baby, in my mother's lap, uh, mother was stroking me. Uh, my, the fondly uh, touching my back, and uh, when I am, I am uh, uh, that the baby feels like crying, she will stop crying uh, because of this uh, fondly uh, touching by. That is what is called a stroke. So positive strokes and negative strokes are there. Negative strokes are rebuke. Negative strokes are beating. Negative strokes are uh, finding fault with the person. So, uh, where a child is uh, very fondly uh, handled and always given abundance of love and all, where he gets a feeling that I am okay, my parents are also okay. Where that feeling, I am okay and my parents are okay. But uh, generally speaking, all the children, all the children generally speaking get the feeling that up to the age of 3, they get the feeling that I am not okay, you are okay. You mean the parent. I am not okay, you are okay. But after some time, they may get the feeling that say, if, uh, the, what happens in the 10th month, 10th month of age is a size of uh, baby. Yeah, it becomes... Uh, a toddler, toddler means uh, unsteady stare, crawling on the uh, feet and all. And when it is able to move from one place to other, what happens? All the things in the house will be uh, touched and broken and things like that. Parents become impatient, parents become angry, parents started um, uh, finding fault with the child and all. That time the child starts feeling that I am not okay, you are not okay. Because uh, I am doing all these things, I am getting fired by you, and you are also not okay. And especially in that process, if the child falls and uh, gets some bruises injured, then uh, the child is very sure that I am not okay at all. And uh, because you are firing me, you are uh, finding fault with me, you are also not okay. Now, this feeling, when it is taken to the uh, uh, what do you call it, extreme position, it so happened even in the 21st century india we are finding cases we are finding paper report every day where a biological father is molesting his own daughter a biological father it is not uncommon many a time we find in the papers uh, of cases in kerala Also, i can remember many instances where the biological father uh, illustrated his um, daughter and the a, a mother a, a young lady uh, just to conceal her, her illegitimate relationship with another person. She, she threw that boy, a, blue, a, 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 a handsome young uh, child, boy child. This um, child was thrown from uh, the uh, rock and it was killed just to cover the illegitimate relationship with uh, uh, another person. This mother did that. Biological mother, biological father. And what to talk about stepfather, stepmother, etc. That sort of ill-treatment, when some children, unfortunately, are are, are having that uh, type of treatment, and they, if fortunately they are able to survive, if they are able to survive that sort of molestation and uh, ill-treatment, etc., they uh, develop a feeling that I am okay, you are not okay. Because you are ill treating me, you are not okay. Because Mm -hmm. I am surveying your ill treatment, I am okay. So I am okay, you are not okay. This feeling, when it is there, this is a life position. Whatever I am saying now, I am okay, you are okay, things like that are called a life position. If the life position of a person is, I am okay, you are not okay. And if that position, I like this example I gave you: a child or a boy or a girl getting that feeling. I am okay, you are not okay. And if it is if that boy or girl is growing like that, finally when he becomes an adult, he will become a criminal because it is not only uh, against that particular father or mother or fatherly figure or motherly figure; he will be training against against the entire society, and that way he will become a criminal. I'm reminded of a beautiful uh, Malayalam movie which was a great success in Kerala, uh, where the protagonist is, uh, he is such a person whose childhood was uh, sort of uh, a ordeal at the hands of his own father, uh, of course, in a different way. So, and uh, he mm-hmm. became an arrogant person who was against the society at large. So, this way, uh, I'm proving in the book that criminals are actually created by the society, not born. That is the uh, case.
0: Mm, and I think the few of you have written a book and I think also you're yeah, the movie lover also I found out <laughs> uh, really, and I think the like when I start reading your book uh, the one example I think everybody should have to be remember their whole life this example like could you deliberate like this like talk about like you? I think in the story the China farmer uh, Thumbudry please like I think that that story so really I, yeah, I speak with my friend all the friends like that the motivation is bigger. They also said thank you so much. Yeah, it was really amazing. Like, please just tell our audience what exactly the story of that.
1: Okay, okay, okay. In fact, I remember that um, recently, the Swamibhala in one of his weekly uh, programs, he was uh, recording this particular story in book. He are uh-huh. saying that Dr. of Nair Garethner has written a particular story. It's a beautiful story like that. Oh I what I was saying. Uh, in fact, uh, the story is like this. China uh, China is the country which is producing the largest um, the producer of bamboo trees. Bamboo trees are the largest producer in China. In China, there is a particular species of bamboo tree which when they plant in the, uh, the, the soil, a small shoot, a tiny shoot alone will be uh, seen above the ground. Nothing more than that. Chinese farmers uh, give all sorts of nursing. They will uh, do the weeding operation, watering, manuring, uh, de-weeding, all these things they will do. But to cut a long story, because I think that I am taking uh, more time. So to cut a long story, one year, second year, first year, second year, third year, fourth year. All the four years, despite getting all the full-time attention of the Chinese army, this bamboo tree just will show a small shoot above the ground. Nothing more than that. But you know what happened in the fifth year? In what? the fifth year, amazingly, inexplicably, perhaps, uh, to many people, what happens is that in the fifth year, suddenly, as it has just woken up from a slave long plate. The shoot will suddenly look up and then gradually, uh, start to grow. The actually start to grow in such a way that within 12 months, that is the fifth year, within 12 months, this small shoot will be converted into an 80 feet tall bamboo tree. 80 feet tall bamboo tree, just imagine. If you look up, you will not be able to see the top of the bamboo tree. 80 feet tall bamboo tree in one year, but that is in and the fifth year only. What was happening? This is a great lesson with the naturalist Teaching humanity a great lesson from the nature. This is called the law of agriculture. The law of agriculture says that you have to see why. I was uh, usually I used to ask in my class why it was so. Why is all the four years it was um, so dormant. It was not at all um, showing up. And in the fifth year, it grew to 80 feet tall. The reason is that just imagine, just imagine an 80 feet tall tree. Standing up, weathering all adverse climatic conditions, storms, uh, rains and whatever you call these new names for these uh, uh, sudden uh, hailstorms and all. uh, Weathering all these adverse situations, climatic situations and all. If an 80 feet tall uh, tree should be standing upright without falling, without getting uprooted, what sort of groundwork should be there? So all the four years, receiving water, receiving manure and all sort of um, nurturing given by the farmer, the small shoot under the ground was extremely busy. It was building up the root structure. The main root was going deep down and the branches were going sideways. And such a sort of ground work was being done by the particular shoot all the four years, so that in the fifth year, it is standing up and looking up to the world. I'm saying that here I am. So this gives a very important lesson to human beings in personal development. If you want to earn public victory over the world, going out to the world, if you want to earn public victory, you have to end private victory first. And the private victory is the victory over the self. And that victory over the self is happening within you. And here, the example of a bamboo tree, all the four years, the tree was the bamboo fruit was building a root structure in such a way that a strong foundation is built first. Thereafter only, it is showing up to the world. That means victory over the self first and then uh, going to the world and victory over the world. That means private victory should come before public victory. It is an inside-out approach, inside-out paradigm inside out paradigm, inside first and then now. This is the crux of personal development, I would say. So my mm. first books, actually I am writing a holistic personal development series. This is mm. the first two books of holistic personal development. And these first two books I am are actually the third book also, I am going to confine to the inner development, self-development, after the self-development only, you will be able to go out and gain uh, victory in interpersonal relationship, inter-society. So it's a very beautiful example, a very very uh, impactful example is the bamboo
0: tree story. Mm. And I think every example you got in your book that is so powerful and I think whenever I started, I'm really now feeling a different kind of person. I'm just talking with you in so deep, man. (laughs) I I think like everybody who's just listening now this episode and listening now your voice, they have to feel in deep down. Oh my God, where is this person? Like that kind of feeling they have really. Just whenever Thank I you. yeah Rick like, no I just want to say that whenever I talk with this person like you they have so much power to change other people I just always ask them what was your life mission like exactly what exactly you want from the world because you're doing a lot of things what exactly you want from your life. <laughs>
1: Actually, uh, I, I like that question, but uh, my answer will be something uh, which, is, which you are not expecting. My answer okay. is that my mission in my life is to spread the message of my Guru. My spiritual master, I told the name, earlier, am here, Sri Karnagira Guru. He mm-hmm. has a mission, which is an unparalleled mission of uh, creating a, a secular uh, society where there is no difference between caste, uh, religion, creed, color, etc. In fact, yesterday, only in that particular seminar I was referring to previously, I was talking about this. And now, uh, universal brotherhood, uh, universal um, fraternity and love for all. And uh, this ashram where I'm staying, actually, I'm uh, just saying the outskirts of the ashram only, the, in the precincts of the ashram, where the prayer hall is open to all religions all caste and 70% of the marriages performed in this ashram is inter-caste marriages. As again, just 5%. The human development survey in India says that only 5% across the country, the marriages are inter-caste marriages. whereas more than 70% of the marriages in our uh, ashram devotees, lineage, it is 70% inter-caste marriages. Then women empowerment. So my mission in my life, the answer to your question is that my mission in life, is to uh, spread across the globe my Guru's messages, my Guru's um, uh, messages for a uh, egalitarian society, for an egalitarian society, and uh, to bring back the wisdom tradition. The, uh, a- earlier, the Sanatana Dharma, which is the eternal life of righteous living, founded on the principle of uh, uh, universal love, humility, respect for all, etc., to bring back the Sanatana Dharma, to bring the, the recoup the correct Yuga Dharma. Yeah, now we are in Kali Yuga. So the correct Yuga Dharma. To re-establish the uh, Dharma of uh, uh, the given Yuga. These are all the, message, the the mission of my Guru. And my uh, role, uh, my mission as a disciple of my Guru. Is to spread the messages across the globe. And this uh, Amazon platform I found an excellent uh, medium to do that. Because my two books are become best now, now. Uh-huh. It is being read across the globe. 13 countries, or so, so that way, uh, that is my mission.
0: That is my mission. Oh my god, it's so powerful! I think so. you can like form your mentor, and the guru also feels that's so powerful, like you are that kind of a student. So, <laughs> really, and I have really, yeah, it's so powerful when a student has that kind of a spirit, from that guru, from to impacting, they are like spread their message. It's so powerful, and I start reading your books. And tell our audience, like all the people who are just listening now, if they just want to be become your student, like is that uh, your site name, how can they be connect with you?
1: Sorry, will you please repeat that? I yeah, get how that can
0: your how can your future like how can the other people will be become your student? How can they will be connect with you?
1: How yeah. can they connect with me? Yeah. Yeah, of course, uh, because I'm a trainer, uh, I'm uh, imparting important training program for uh, all people. Uh, my website is there. Uh, I can be contacted or, uh, through email and all. In fact, uh, every other day I'm conducting training program. The next day also I'm going to conduct a training program. So that way, through, through my training programs if I'm uh, getting your uh, question correctly, through my training program, of course, uh, uh, people can uh, get connected with me. And through my books also, they can get connected to me. Mm. by going to Amazon, they can buy my books mm. and all. I suggest all my uh, audience who are all listening to this particular uh, podcast, I suggest them uh, them, kindly read these two books, they will be immensely benefited. If mm. uh, the you know, words of my readers are uh, anything to go by, if they, these are an indication of the birth of my book, the people are extremely happy. Uh, and many people are telling that they want to read it repeatedly. So that shows that this book is uh, something which is of value. So I request all my, people, all my uh, audience who are listening to this, uh, to read these books and if they like them, then let me know so that uh, I can produce such uh, types of books again and again. Wow. And uh, attend my training programs wherever possible like that.
0: Uh, that that's the whole thing, like everybody who just listening now, this two books so powerful. And also in the description I give both book link and the email id and all other training sessions and from every author that come on my show I ask them two short questions and you should have to be answering each one of in one sentence okay sir? okay <laughs> What's your biggest life fear? now?
1: What's your biggest?
0: Life fear
1: I did not get the last part. What's your life? biggest
0: life of fear now? What's your biggest life fear? Life fear,
1: life fear. Yeah. Uh, life fear, biggest life fear. Oh, you started with a negative thing. <laughs> 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 the biggest uh, life fear is uh, my losing my optimism. My losing my optimism, uh, if at all that happened. Uh, and my not able to uh, get connected with people. Uh, say for example, every day, and oh, so you want one sentence only. Okay, sorry, mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah, very good. Uh, I, I I I I I went on explaining. Sorry. Uh, my life series. Am uh, I losing my uh, optimism, and uh, what he called, desire to achieve more?
0: Oh, there's few things. And the other question is that, so, which uh, like which day is your happiest day in your life, that you want to be remembered that day and say that I just want to believe that that day again and again.
1: My happiest day in my life uh, uh, is very difficult to answer a question because uh, happiest day, <laughs> happiest day means there may be, there may be many many days which are uh, relatively happy uh, happier than the other one day. day. Like one, that one, so many. one special day.
0: One special day, I think everybody have one, and I think you are so happy person So I think you are so confused like which happiest, which is the most 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 happiest. yes yeah?
1: most happiest day. Uh, philosophically you can say that the day you were born You may not oh. be aware of that particular day <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> But, this, uh, but I, w- I would like to add one more That the day when, when I met my master The mm. day on which I met my spiritual master I will say is my happiest day Because that gave me lot of uh, what he called My life has become uh, blessed because of that So I will say that is the happiest day
0: and from my life perspective, the luckiest day when I first talk with you, because I don't know, but yeah, like every time whenever <laughs> I talk with you, whenever I read a book, there's some kind of, I don't know, some kind of excited in my, some kind of happiness. I say, oh my Vishnu, just look at this person like, doing incredible things and yeah, like impacting other people. Like, but really, I don't know, but everybody who is listening, like, this person really, really incredible. like. I can't even believe now that I have to be like connect with you and doing all these things and so like kindness you have and thank you, thank you, thank you. To have
1: him on Thank show. you. It was extra. I really enjoyed. it. When we started, <laughs> I, I I didn't imagine that this is going to be so much interesting and so much energizing. So um, at the end of this uh, more than half an hour or so, I yeah. feel more energized. I feel yeah. more energized than when we started. That oh means it mind. is thanks to totally to your uh, style of asking and your way of making me talk about various things. That is uh, really my area of passion. That is why oh That God. is why I feel yeah. more energized. I should Thank be. Thank you. Thank you. to you, extremely thank uh, thankful to you. Oh my God! And
0: thank you so much, each and everyone who is listening now, because this talk is so uh, like amazing. And I will be tell you that conversation matter, and this conversation is so important for me and for all of you to share with each loved one and listen to Vishnu Vishnu, Vishnu show. Thank you so much.